Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast where three literary matchmakers set you up with your next great read using only dating app questions like, do you consider yourself a romantic? What is your dream Saturday? If tattoos only lasted one year, what would you get? What's your go-to karaoke song? This is Blind Date with a Book. Prepare to fall in love. Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast that sets you up with your book, Meet Cute. I'm your host, Rachel Mans McKenney, and I'm an author and book reviewer from the Midwest. I'm Elena Nicolau, and I'm the culture editor of Oprah Daily. I'm Kristen Evans, a book critic and culture writer based in Cleveland, Ohio. Today, we're setting up Chris Gonzalez, an editor and writer living in New York City. We use our extremely scientific process of asking dating app questions to help Chris make a match with a great book. Chris Gonzalez is a fiction editor at Barrel House. His dream vacation is a food and literature tour around Latin America. He believes shit-talking is an art. He thinks astrology has read him, a Scorpio, too accurately for comfort. He used to be a romantic, but he's not so sure anymore. He's wary of tattoos, but if he had to get one, he said it would be in homage to the movie Hustlers. And finally, his most recent favorite reads have been The Secret Lives of Church Ladies by Disha Filia and A Recent History of My Brief Body by Billy Ray Belcourt. Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. We are so, so excited to talk to you today. So a lot about um, our podcast is figuring out what's keeping us from reading and trying to find a book that will make us want to read. So what's been keeping you from reading lately? Yeah, um, the pandemic in short, mostly and working from home and staring at a screen for eight plus hours a day has just really killed my vibe. Um, You know, I used to read during my commute. That's how I sort of powered through one to two books Mm -hmm. every other week. And it's hard to do that when like your workspace is three feet away from your bed. There's no commute. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've just been able to unable to retain any desire to read. (laughs) When your whole day is wrapped so much up in reading and talking about books, do you find it hard to find a book to read for pleasure? Yeah, that's real. Right now, actually, we're in the middle of reading submissions for Barrel House. So it feels like reading is work again. Mm -hmm. And reading for fun as a way to decompress from work, I don't think actually works. <laughs> so yeah, it's hard <laughs> to read for pleasure right now, especially. And is it your first collection that's coming out this year? Yeah, my first collection, I'm Not Hungry But I Could Eat, um, is my debut. Wow, How I think that, that's my memoir title. That is a wonderful name for a book. <laughs> and how's, the, how's that publication process going for you? It's going great right now. Um, we're in the I think I'm about to have physical arcs soon and then I'm going to do my final sweep through like line edits with my editor. Um, My favorite part so far has been getting blurbs actually, which is, I know a lot of people's least favorite, but it's been fun to like reach out to writers who have gotten to know over the last few years. And everyone has just been so incredibly, I don't know, generous and like gracious with their time. That's so nice. I'm so glad that that process has not been stressful. Because like you say, it's the thing that people complain most about publicly on, on Twitter. Yeah, on <laughs> the Twitter, bird, the bird like collecting worst. process. I found that like, it was a really nice excuse to tell somebody how much I appreciated their work. Yes. And 
even if, you know, they ended up not having the time to blurb, it was just nice to get it off your chest. It was almost like revealing a crush. It's like, okay, just so you know, I absolutely adore everything you've ever written. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, by the way, I would die for you. Do you mind reading my book? (laughs) (laughs) All right. No pressure. No pressure, right? (laughs) So Chris, over the next two rounds, we're each going to introduce you to a book that we love. Now, we get points based on how much you like the date we set you up with. So you win no matter what, because you'll get some great book recs. But one of us wins by being this week's best matchmaker. And if we win, we get to play for our favorite indie bookstores. Today, I'll be playing for the Bookworm in Omaha, Nebraska. Alana, who are you playing for? I'm playing for Greenlight Bookstore in Brooklyn, which is near my old apartment where I used to live. And it's just a, it's a wonderful haven in the middle of Brooklyn. And Kristen, who are you playing for today? I'm playing for $2 Radio HQ in Columbus. Uh, It's actually a bookstore I've not been to because of the pandemic. I am excited to take a road trip down there sometime soon. Okay. Chris, get ready for your literary meet cute. Let's hear about your first round picks. Okay. Elena, can you go first? Yes. Okay, Chris. My first pick is The End by Fernanda Torres, and it is the definition of a hidden gem, at least for audiences in the United States. It was a big hit in Brazil, partially because it was written by a literal movie star. Fernanda Torres is an acclaimed actress and now the author of several novels, so it fits in well with your theme of wanting to go on a literary and food tour of Latin America. The only reason this book came into my life is thanks to the power of bookstore browsing, which I really miss. A bookseller recommended it, and I was instantly taken in by the premise. A clique of five men who came of age in 1960s Rio look back on their wild and crazy lives. You said that one of your favorite qualities in a friend is their ability to shit talk. Well, these guys certainly do that about each other. The book is structured as a series of monologues by each man as he faces the end of his life, hence the title. They revisit their moral lows, the affairs they had with each other's wives, wild parties on the beach, and all the choices that led them to that moment. Interwoven are stories of the women in their lives who were often hurt by their hedonism, callousness, and blind pursuit of goals. So the book's definitely dark, but it's also an utterly original exploration of friendship, machismo, aging, and legacy written with a streak of devilish humor. That is The End by Fernanda Torres. Okay, so Elena's first round pick was The End by Fernanda Torres. Okay, Kristen, go right ahead. Okay, so Chris, whenever I read a questionnaire, I come up with little word mood boards based on the responses, and that just helps me go to my bookshelf and pick things out. Um, For you, those words were (laughs) gossip and secrets, which is sort of like how I (laughs) interpreted shit-talking. Um, a sense of fluidity, depth, and flirtation, and fun, because anyone who wants to sing I Want to Dance with Somebody at karaoke uh, has some of all of those qualities. Um, that list led me straight over to my copy of Paul Takes the Form of a Mortal Girl by Andrea Lawler. This novel is about Paul, a zine-making, mixtape-arranging bartender who has an intriguing secret He can change his body at will, which means he can morph from Paul to Polly and experience love, lust, and identity in all its forms. It's set in the 90s and takes place between the Midwest and San Francisco. The first line of the book is, like a shark, Paul had to keep moving. And I think the novel and its shape-shifting protagonists live up to that promise. 
Okay, so Kristen's first round pick is Paul Takes the Form of a Mortal Girl by Andrea Lawler. Okay, I'm a little nervous about my first round pick because our pre-recording banter led me to believe that you might have read it already. But if not, you better pick this one up. Set in the world of late night comedy, Erin Sommer's debut, Stay Up with Hugo Best, follows a broke 29-year-old as she wrestles with her ambition in a creative industry gone awry. I think your experience in publishing may ping true with some of June Bloom's observations about who rises to the top in a given field and why. Over the course of one weekend, after the late night show wraps, June Bloom's life changes when she accepts an invitation to the former host's a charismatic middle-aged comedian named Hugo Best's home in Connecticut. He has power, she wants it, but this isn't a straightforward will-they-or-won't-they narrative. Instead, Summer's book is a satire on power and media that felt fresh. In your questionnaire, you stated that one thing you loved about your best friend was their ability to shit-talk, and I think that Summer's main character will bring that kind of energy to your life. You also said that you have Kool-Aid tastes, and I think that this is a comedic book, but it's kind of dark too, with a messiness that reminds me of Pizza Girl and Luster. Okay, so my first round pick is Stay Up With Hugo Best. So in summary, Chris, your first round options are going to be The End by Fernanda Torres, Paul Takes the Form of a Mortal Girl by Andrea Lawler, or Stay Up With Hugo Best by Aaron Summers. Oh my god. Well, I hate to disappoint you, Rachel, because I'm currently reading Stay Up With Hugo Best. I have it on Libby, on my Libby app. Um, But so, I mean, that was a good pick. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I guess I can't choose it because I'm already reading it. Um, Elena and Kristen, both, those picks are so good. Um, Especially, so The End is a book that I had picked up, you know, back in the pre-pandemic days, I would go to McNally Jackson's and go to their, you know, Latin American section. And that's a book that I would pick up constantly and like, am I going to buy it? Um, And so I think I'm going to have to go with the end. I think this is a sign that I should go with the end. Nice. I think, yeah, go with your gut on that one. Now, are you vibing with Hugo Best so far? Can I count that as a reading it and liking it? Yeah, I'm I'm about, I'm not too far into it, but I'm vibing with it. So I think you can count that. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay, so let's go over our points after the first round. So Elena's book got picked, the end, and so she gets 20 points. You're vibing with the current read that you have, which is my pick. So that's 10 points. And Kristen's not on the board just yet, but I have to admit something. I have bought every single book that Kristen has recommended in every episode so far, and I'm afraid that streak's going to continue. So please, for the sake of my book budget, Kristen, you have to stop recommending good books. I will not stop recommending good books. I make no promises about whether or not I will win an episode in the future. I could win every, or I could lose every episode, which, you know, that's starting to become my master plan. That's its own (laughs) streak. My losing streak. (laughs) I'm a little concerned that like I might personally have to save the book industry with my purchases just from your recommendations. This is really unfortunate for me. This is team team process, team teamwork. Okay. Welcome to round two. We're here with Chris Gonzalez. We are setting him up with some wonderful reads 
and we're back for our second set of recommendations. And again, I'm going to ask Elena to go first. Okay, Chris. So your response made it seem like you are a bit of a pop culture and movie junkie, given that your ideal afternoon is spent at the Alamo Draft House and that you are loosely considering a tattoo paying homage to the movie Hustlers. You're welcome to come into my fur anytime, um, which is what leads me to this recommendation. Iowati on top. It's hard to explain this book simply because I'm pretty sure it's the only book of its kind to have ever existed. The author, Richard Iowati, is an English actor, writer, and comedian, best known for his work in the show The IT Crowd, but he's also the author of three books on cinema, including this one. It's very short, 163 pages, and it is devoted entirely to the criminally under-discussed 1993 film View from the Top, in which Gwyneth Paltrow plays a girl who grows up in a trailer park and becomes a flight attendant. Ayawadi literally close reads the movie, which has a 14% Rotten Tomato score, frame for frame. <laughs> and the t- <laughs> and it's very funny. And the tone is what makes it so unique. He couches his humor in the loftiness of academic criticism, footnotes and all, and it is so dense with jokes that literally, I keep saying that, but really, literally every sentence will have you pausing and laughing. It's like the best form of a TV recap of work seen through the eyes of somebody else's totally wacky mind. In my perfect world, he'd do this for every 90s movie. The only issue is that when you finally watch View from the Top, there's no way it will ever live up to Ayoade's version. So that is Ayoade on Top by Richard Ayoade. Okay, so Elena's first pick is Ayoade on Top by Richard Ayoade. Okay, Kristen, let's hear your second round pick. I almost don't want to say it just because I love Richard Ayoade so much. And I just want to like throw the entire segment and be like, just pick that one. It sounds great. (laughs) I've been a huge fan of his since the IT crowd. So anyway, I'm very distracted. I didn't know he had a book out. And I'm sad that my pick is kind of more serious than that. Um, One thing that I did think about, though, was that idea of sort of brain fog and the pandemic really having trouble reading. It's something that I am really struggling with right now. I did have a friend send me a story collection at the beginning of the pandemic that really kind of helped sort of shake me out of that. That collection is called Cars on Fire by Monica Roman Rios. Um, Her stories are translated by Robin Myers. They are propulsive and voice-driven, both qualities shared by Disha Filia's The Secret Lives of Church Ladies, although I think the style of Rios' work is very different. Much of the collection takes place in a Chilean intellectual community, and Rios plays around with the way we identify people by what they do. So there are writers, teachers, and students narrating this story and like really thinking about those identities. She's also extremely playful with genre and form, um, which is one thing I thought that you might like based on your uh, essay collection uh, choice from the questionnaire. For example, in one story, the head of a Spanish department like literally cuts off her head at the end of the story. And a man with ghost-like tendencies haunts a narrator obsessed with psychoanalysis. So there's so much going on here that is really playful. It's surprising, gutsy, and I think this book is guaranteed to cut through pandemic brain fog. Okay, so Kristen's second round pick is Cars on Fire by Monica Ramon Rios. Okay, so my next pick is also kind of a serious one, but like Elena's, it has to do with the movies. My next pick came to mind because of your answer that you wanted to take a literary tour across Latin America. 
You also noted that you prefer interesting things to happen than good things. And in this literary horror, that's definitely what you'll find. The 2016 debut novel, We Eat Our Own by Kia Wilson, follows a nameless, struggling actor who gets the call of his dreams from a director to take a lead role in an art film. He flies down to South America to join the project. Literally nothing about this movie is going right. It's over budget, the production team is nearing a breakdown, and the role he's taking, well, he's covering for the original actor who quit after seeing a disgusting script, a script which now the director claims doesn't exist. It's set in a remote jungle village, and the biggest threats might be coming from the town itself. Things get weird, horrifically weird, very quickly. Is this novel a commentary on colonialism in Latin America? Oh, yes, but it's also inspired by the true story of a filming of a 1970s Italian horror film with commentary on violence and its repercussions. So our round picks for this second round were Iowati on Top by Richard Iowati, Cars on Fire by Monica Ramon Rios, and We Eat Our Own by Kia Wilson. What are you in the mood for, Chris? Oh, wow. First, can I just say I love to be perceived and these three choices are incredible. Um, but I think Kristen knocked it out of the park this round. Yes. I hadn't even heard of Cars on Fire. Um, it totally slipped under my radar, but that's going to be my choice. Yay, that Can makes I? me so happy. It, um, sorry, Alena. Well, I just wanted to say part of the reason it probably slipped under your radar, it's on a smaller press, so it's out on open letter. And um, the only reason I know about it is because I have a very great bookseller friend um, at Porter Square Books, uh, and he gives me recommendations that do just that. They just like fly under the radar sometimes, and I would never know about them without without his excellent taste. And so I'm grateful that he sent me that book, and I'm, I'm really happy that it struck a chord with you. I have a question about it, um, and I don't know if this veers into spoiler territory, but I'm curious about the mechanics of the teacher who cuts off her own head. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> it happens It happens at the end of a story, so it's like the last sentence, but what the story does is it kind of like, she's the department head uh, at, of an academic department, so there's that really like playful slip between like the head and the head, like the head nods her head, you know, like that kind of mm -hmm. slippage. Um, Literal slippage. Uh, I mean, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, and uh, the sentences can they like are so rangy, like they they just kind of like tumble one after another, and they're so rhythmic and wonderful. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited that you chose this one. Okay, so where this leaves us, though, Chris, is that at the end of the second round. I have 10 points. I gracefully uh, acknowledge my defeat, but Kristen and Elena are both tied with 20 points. So just like in real dating, let's say that you like the personality of two people. Let's be real. You're going to go for the hot person. So, <laughs> so Chris, we're going to actually have you, can, is it possible for you to open up a browser window? Yeah. And you are going to look at the covers of these two winning books or collections while our hosts describe them, and you're going to pick which cover you like the best out of these two picks. So we're going to first have Elena describe the cover of The End by Fernanda Torres. 
Okay, so this cover gives me instant nostalgia for the before times, back when people used to gather and do things and have fun outside of the home, sometimes not really wearing a lot of clothes. So this is like a very exuberant um, photo. And it seems like it actually is a real photo taken in, in the vintage years in the 60s when the book takes place. It's a bunch of people, a bunch of men in the water, in very shallow water. And there's one guy really, really high in the sky. His legs are folded. It kind of looks like he's sitting in a chair, but the chair is the air and his hands are out. It just is like a cover that makes you smile. But because it's all like brown and sepia toned, that kind of undercuts the joy that's in the photo. And it does a good job of showing you that this book, even though it's about recounting the good times of the past, it's there's a layer of sadness and bittersweetness too. Um, and that really comes through with like the sepia toned of the picture also that it's set in the past. So I really, and I like the way that the, the blocks of letters and they're all in these like little blocks are also kind of up in the air, like the guy. Anyway, it's actually one of my favorite book covers. So I'm happy I get to talk about it. Okay. And then Kristen, go ahead and describe cars on fire by Monica Ramon Rios. Sure. Um, this cover uh, is basically kind of like collage art, which is something that I really love. It's a paper kind of collage of a woman's face, but that f- there are also these additional pieces of collage. So there's like a piece of an eye up by her forehead and another piece of an eye further down, maybe like by her ear. And then a nose and mouth superimposed on um, the what, what I would call like the original face beneath. So it's like this very um, intriguing sort of palimpsest of, of collage work. Uh, the colors are dark. So she has dark black hair. There's the cover of the book is kind of a rust brown. And it's got just like a nice sort of handmade indie quality about it, which I enjoy. Okay. It looks like Picasso. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Okay, Chris, which book is hotter? <laughs> which, which cover would you choose? The pressure is on. Um, I feel like with the end, we would have like a very like in-depth conversation, like a night of like wine drinking. Um, but Cars on Fire is like bold and like vibrant. Um, And I feel like that would just be like a totally spontaneous night. So for my purposes, I think I'm going to go with Cars on Fire. (gasps) That means that Kristen is today's winner. Nice. And for those of you who are, uh, you know, keeping track at home and have been listening to all the episodes, that means we've each won one episode so far. So that means that today's Bilinks will be going toward two dollar radio hq in columbus so congratulations Kristen. yeah i feel like i talk so much about losing but now i won and i can't talk about losing anymore it almost like makes me sad even though i feel validated <laughs> you need to find a new brand get a new personal brand <laughs> but you know the great thing about this game show is that the winning is kind of irrelevant like I'm so happy that like Chris gets amazing books that we get to talk about amazing books for everyone to pick from. And, um, you know, there's just no losing. That's something that a winner would say. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> a winner who has lost many times in a row. True. You've been humbled <laughs> by losing. And so now you can say, it's really just how you play the game, kids. But I agree. Yeah. We're really, I'm really happy for you. I think that all the books, are, like, I want to buy all these books now, too. I mean, really good stuff. Yeah, this is a dangerous game, guys. We might have to start getting sponsors so we can afford all these books. <laughs> All right, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today and congratulations on your forthcoming collection. Can you give us a reminder again about what it's called and where we could pre-order it from? Yeah, um, thank you all for having me. My debut short story collection, I'm Not Hungry But I Could Eat, is forthcoming from Santa Fe Writers Project on December 1st. Ah. Um, yeah. Congratulations, it's so exciting. And, and where can we find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at lives in pages, all one word. I never log off. <laughs> Same. It's a problem. And it's like not a great place to be right now either. <laughs> was it ever? Not. <laughs> it I was. I, I maintain that it was a good place to be, but like in 2008, <laughs> which yeah. is the problem. Well, Elena, I know you're on there. Where can we find you on the internet? So you can find me on Twitter where I also live. Um, my handle is Elena Wonders. And then on Instagram, I make book memes and post little book reviews under the handle Books and Elena. And how about you, Kristen? Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Paper Alphabet. That's P-A-P-E-R Alphabet. And also online at www.kristen-evans.com. And you can find me at at... R.M. McKenney, that's M-C-K-E-N-N-Y on Twitter, where again, I also live, and at rachelmansmckenney.com. You can also find all of today's books in our show notes. The bilinks will all go to $2 Radio HQ in Columbus, Ohio. Find our show online at blindacewithabookpod.com and at bookmeetcute on Twitter and Instagram. Please follow us and tell us all the books that you've fallen in love with recently. Thanks for listening to Blind Date with a Book. Our show is produced and co-hosted by Kristen Evans, Rachel Mance McKenney, and Elena Nicolau. Our showrunner is Rachel Mance McKenney, and our sound editor is Elena Nicolau. Kristen Evans handles web design and newsletter production. Our theme music was written by Alex Bozzi, and our logo was designed by Chelsea Hill. If you like today's show, please subscribe, rate, and review Blind Date with a Book on Apple Podcasts. Ratings make it even easier for other listeners to find us and join the fun. We'll be back in two weeks with a new guest and more books to recommend. Until then, we hope you're falling for the next book on your TBR pile, whatever it might be.